Welcome to All Things Real Estate with Maria Recruit, your number one source for news for real estate in North America and worldwide. Good morning, everyone. It's Maria Recruit, host and producer of the series On the Ground with Boots Running. And this is all part of the Real Estate Media News Network that you can find on YouTube. This is our radio series, and it's my pleasure to introduce to you today um, Mr. Chris Seepy, who is the president of the Association of Durham. Welcome, Chris. How are you this morning? I'm fine, thank you. And yourself? Very well, thank you. And I'd also like to um, introduce my co-host, John Wilson. Uh, is the president of the Near North Landers Association. And John, we caught you at a good time, have we? Yeah, finally no emergencies. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm good to go. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, then. So I'm very curious to know, uh, Chris, what made you decide to start your Landlords Association? Well, uh, the irony is I don't even live in Durham. I live in Vaughan. And when I bought my first building, uh, which was in Oshawa, Durham region, uh, I had met with a number of other landlords. And uh, the short version of that long story is I suggested to them that they start a landlord association. And one of the fellows said that uh, they had tried that a decade ago and it didn't work out. And uh, uh, all the landlords ever did was complain about legal issues. And I said, well, if you start one, I would be your first member. And they yeah. said, well, if you start it, we'll be your first members. <laughs> so, you know, one thing led to another. I started it. Uh, the mayor then, John Henry of Oshawa, uh, attended our inaugural meeting. And that was in uh, 2012, January 2012. Okay. And uh, I've been running it ever since. Wonderful. And, you know, that's what I found. And I think... Um, um, John will agree with me. You just need one person to start it. And, I'm, and kudos to you and congratulations that you have your group now as many years as you have. So it's six mm -hmm. years going on seven years. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yep. And that's what I found in Niagara, the same thing. I started the Niagara Landlords Association four years ago. And I started because nobody else wanted to start it. And the other associations had closed up shop. And I thought, we need to speak to one another. We need to share ideas, have guest speakers. So that's why I started my group. And John, uh, yeah, tell us when you started yours. Well, it wasn't really, it's been started, it was started way back almost 20 years ago but has been pretty much in a dormant state yes. um, I was approached in February at, at a tribunal hearing by one of the members who was hoping to activate it again <clears throat> so I attended the uh, meeting and uh, next thing I know here I am <laughs> and that's how it is in North Bay I guess things happen that way right <laughs> Well, yeah, it it, it uh, our our changing scene up here and and all across Ontario actually uh, required that uh, that it be reactivated and and become very active and proactive. Very strong, and you have a very strong association up there, and uh, we hear about you in the press all the time. And that's the thing that's been missing is that no one really knows our stories, and that's why I started this series so people, landlords, real estate investors, and landowners can hear that there is groups out there, such as Chris's in the Durham 
region, you and North Bay. And I had the pleasure of speaking to Ray, and he's from Sudbury. And we have, I believe, there's 15 presidents that we know of, right, that are in the Ontario area that we're starting to network with. So, Chris, um, mm -hmm. I, I know you have a very pressing issue with General Motors <laughs> closing up in Oshawa. So, Please tell us what this is going to mean for property owners, real estate investors, landlords, and landowners. Well, obviously, that's a high subjective answer, depending on where you sit in the economic scale, if you yes. will. Yes. Uh, obviously, the families of General Motors are super concerned. Uh, the unions are saying, we won't allow it. There's a movement going on that says, save GM. Yes. Uh, and uh, as a landlord, uh, and a property owner, I'm saying don't save GM. Okay. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Right. Explain that. So, explain so, that. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to explain first. Uh, we had um, last week on, no, this week on Monday, this past Monday, mm -hmm. the mayor of, the new mayor of Oshawa, uh, Mr. Dan Carter, mm -hmm. uh, he's just been recently elected. Uh, he pulled together an emergency. Uh, gathering, I guess, if you will, of stakeholders uh, from the greater Oshawa area and did a presentation uh, for an hour. Yeah. Uh, he spoke for about half an hour and then he has economic development person speak for about half an hour. And, um, you know, to be candid, uh, I'm known to be that way, sometimes too blunt, but <laughs> it was a mixed message. Mm -hmm. uh, the mayor said that uh, he's going to do everything he can to rally the troops and try and protect the jobs and uh, make things happen. Uh, uh, he's been getting phone calls from all over the world uh, from people who want to take up the 9 million square feet of uh, advanced automotive uh, assembly capability that are in those plants. They're among the most advanced in the world. Mm -hmm. And he couldn't understand why General Motors was shutting down this particular plant when it uh, has always been so uh, hugely profitable. Yes. By comparison to other, uh, you know, plants in Canada and around the world. Mm -hmm. Having said that, uh, his economic development person then said, "It's not going to bother us. It's not going to impact us. Uh, we've been, we meaning Oshawa, uh, City Council, you know, politicians of that time." we're anticipating that this might happen one day sooner or later. Now I'm putting words into his mouth Yes. Uh, by seeing that, but effectively he was saying that uh, manufacturing only represents, all manufacturing in Oshawa only represents 9% of the total GDP uh, for, uh, for the region. And that the loss of jobs won't be all in Oshawa, it's across, um, uh, you know, they have, what do they call it? Uh, a reach, if you will. Mm -hmm. There are people that are driving for an hour or an hour and a half from other communities to come into Oshawa. So it's not going to be just Oshawa that would be impacted by job loss. But then he went on to say that um, healthcare represents 18% okay. of their total GDP. Uh, retail trade is 14%, and educational services are 10%. Now, he didn't say this, but I know for a fact that Oshawa, which has a population of about 160,000, is the only city of its size in North America that has four university campuses. Oh. Wow. Uh, which make, yeah, which means we have an incredibly strong 
skilled labor base that you would not find in other cities of this size. So it's highly attractive. And uh, we have other um, uh, industries like nuclear science and IT and biopharmaceuticals. Oshawa also has a, uh, an international airport. Most people don't know that. No, we don't. They, they think it's a community or regional airport, but it's not. It, you can actually fly anywhere in the continental U.S. Uh, the runways are long enough to um, service aircraft that can fly as far as Atlanta, Georgia. So you could clear uh, customs into the States through the Oshawa airport. So wow. we've got a lot. There's a lot going for the city, in other words. Now, as a landlord, this may be a little bit, uh, I don't know, one-sided or even uh, mercenary in perspective. But I think that as uh, blue-collar, gray-collar jobs are lost, uh, I see automotive assembly line operations as a sunset skill set. Uh, and by uh, as a consequence, I would much rather see white-collar jobs, doctors, engineers, surveyors, research scientists. We have world-class research uh, testing facilities in Oshawa. And all of these things combined means that one day as a landlord, I may be able to increase the rent so I can reinvest that money to build out and refurbish or renovate my 60-year-old properties. Oshawa is a second, is a second, I'm sorry, I'm just rambling on. If you That's want, okay, no, no, um, keep going. No, okay. it's full information, please keep going. So 87% uh, of all the purpose-built apartment buildings in Ontario mm -hmm. were built before 1980, which means the youngest purpose-built apartment buildings are almost 50, well, are over 50 years old. Wow. <laughs> so all of these buildings are in desperate need of repair. And it's really tough when you've got rent controls of 1.8% to invest the capital costs that are necessary to refurbish these properties. I agree. So I'm hoping that as more and more white collar jobs become available, we will have the financial resources to reinvest back into the buildings to create a higher quality lifestyle, if you will, in those properties and uh, re-energize them. Well, and the thing. you're talking, talking, Chris, about getting into major renos to up the quality level? Mm -hmm. Yes, 100%. Yep. 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 Well, if the market uh, permits. Right. Obviously, if uh, you know if there's a huge supply and no demand, then rents aren't going to rise. Uh, but with the way the market is in Ontario, in particular, mm -hmm. uh, especially Durham and uh, the uh, Greater Toronto area, uh, we are now the most uh, we have the highest critical housing shortage in the country. Good point. What's your vacancy there, Chris? Sorry, go ahead. What's your vacancy rate there? In Oshawa? Well, if you talk to CMHC, uh, they'll tell me that it's around 1.5%. But I'm telling you, as feet on the ground, in mm -hmm. the trenches, that I have uh, anywhere between 30 and 40 inquiries every time I have a vacancy. I have, on average, five to six applications for every vacancy. And... Um, that tells me that the vacancy is a hell of a lot lower than CMHC thinks it is. 
I yeah, I've always found that CMHC they they also take into uh, it, that that's a little um, distorted in that they use the slumlord uh, the the garbage um, vacancies as well as part of their analysis. Okay. But quality residential is what really establishes a true vacancy rate, right? Absolutely, and and uh, vacancy is at an all time low as far as I. As, as far as I'm concerned, um, the number one out of 565 municipalities that are being tracked, uh, the number one uh, lowest vacancy is uh, Richmond Hill, and then Markham, then uh, Toronto, uh, Durham's around uh, 35-ish, Oshawa. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's there's a there's a site uh, that I had visited recently in the last couple of weeks, and it's the only reason I remember the numbers. Mm -hmm. Wow! And and how is it in North Bay, John? I can talk to you about what's happening down here in Niagara, but what what does it look like in North Bay vacancy rates? Well, in in North Bay, the uh, the decent accommodation vacancy rate is very very low. Mm -hmm. Uh, the vacancy rate as established with all available, including, you know, grubby basement apartments, is about 2.5% right now. Mm -hmm. um, we're in a particular time of year when the vacancy rate uh, actually accelerates because we, uh, we pull all of our rentals. We have four, three one-bedrooms and one two on the market right now. Mm -hmm. We pull them off for the month of December. People don't move in December, yeah, so we don't right. waste staff time showing the, the tire kickers mm -hmm. and yes. the uh, and the people that would never qualify anyhow. Yeah. Uh, what's happened in North Bay is that our tenancy quality has deteriorated. Mm -hmm. happened, that has happened in Oshawa as well. Same in Niagara. Um, I'll tell you, we had CMHC come and speak to us in January of 20, 2018, this year, and they said that our vacancy rate in Niagara was 1.5%. And mm -hmm. um, I must say that, uh, you know, we can find really good tenants, but I have to go through 100 people um, sending in or calling me up asking uh, about our rentals. So I, I go through a lot of people before I decide on the right person. I just don't pick anyone anymore. It's, it's too dangerous actually as a landlord. 100%. And yes. in fact, uh, I've had, it's socially irresponsible to have a vacancy in this time when you've got a housing crisis, but I've had one unit that was empty for two months because mm -hmm. out of the 60 applications, of not inquiries and multiple yes. applications, not one of them met the criteria that I need to be satisfied that they will help me meet my own obligations, obviously the mortgage. Yes, right? I, just, I, so feel looking at the I feel the same way, uh, exactly the same way, Chris. Yeah, I have a 22 point screening process. Good, <laughs> yeah. good for you, good for well, you. I've actually had guarantors whose credit scores were lower than the applicant. Me too. <laughs> so. Oh, well, just get, getting back to General Motors. How many sure. jobs will be lost, the blue-collar jobs in General Motors? What are the numbers? I've heard, yeah, I've heard the numbers between 2,300 and 2,500. Okay. Does that so. include the ripple effect, um, Chris? No, that's, the, uh, that's, the, just, that's, just the, 
no, that's only the workers in General Motors. Then there's about another 700 uh, from ancillary businesses. I think uh, you know uh, management uh, and others. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what, about, so what, what about the supporting industries? Is there going to be a retooling issue there? Well, uh, there would only be retooling if there was an industry that they were moving towards that they put their sights on. And uh, uh, I think the issue that the mayor has to face is what will be the best use of that premium land. That 9 million square feet is all service land, and service land is really, really tough to find and very expensive to uh, you know, to add the infrastructure, whether it's roads, electricity, gas, water, sewer, and so on. So, uh, and, and we've been talking around the issue of the housing crisis, but uh, the mayor, uh, Dan Carter, actually was uh, homeless at one point in his life. Interesting. And, uh, yeah, and there's, a, there's an article, uh, a story on him uh, on the CBC, I think it is, uh, that talked about his life. So his number one agenda is, he's told me, uh, because he's invited me to join one of his task forces uh, for Oshawa, is his number one agenda item is to get rid of the slumlords, and his number two is to solve the housing, or address, not solve, but address the housing crisis. Mm-hmm. So Those are two big problems. Two big problems. It's a huge problem, but he's got 9 million square feet, and they have, they being Durham, have over 6,000 families that are waiting for affordable housing. Oh, my goodness. So could that 9 million square feet be used for emergency emergency shelters, for example, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, temporary housing? Because right now they're using every hotel that they can find, right? Every motel, and they're spilling out into Scarborough to find these things. So you're t- you mean the the actual physical plant uh, once yep. they vacate, the yeah. actual the the GM plant as it now exists, the shell reconverted? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm throwing, that as, I'm throwing that out as an idea, and uh, I have a meeting uh, in late January with the mayor, and I'll ask if that's feasible. I mean, maybe it's not, but uh, you know. Uh, some of the mindset of, uh, or the conventional wisdom of affordable housing gurus is to build uh, facilities that have movable walls so that you can accommodate different needs. You know, a family comes in for six months and uh, you need three bedrooms. And another time you've got uh, a single mom who needs one bedroom and you just move the walls accordingly. So you're talking about modulars. Yeah, modulars. Uh, And again, this is, well, it's for it's 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 to address a crisis which requires immediate action. You can't wait seven years for somebody to build an apartment building through the development cycle. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm throwing this out as you know, is this an option? I wouldn't say use up all the space for that purpose. There are so many other, you know, uh, potential uses for it. Maybe you bring in electric cars. You know, Elon Musk might be a phone call that should be made. Mm-hmm. You know, to bring in. Tesla. I agree. I have a question for you. Okay, so instead of us keep building housing, right, because this is what it sounds to me like we're we're in crisis mode, Uh, what about Mm -hmm. getting jobs? (laughs) So we wouldn't have to have all these people on social assistance, but actually out there working, producing, being part of the tax system. 
what about that? Is well, that I mean, uh, that that's a kind of chicken and egg question. You need the yeah. jobs in order to justify the housing. You need the housing to put these people into. Yes. When uh, uh, three years ago, when they announced that they were going to refurbish the uh, nuclear reactors at Darlington, Mm -hmm. uh, they talked about the 6,000 jobs that was going to create. And while I was at that announcement, I asked them, so where are these people going to live? Yes. And the answer was nobody had thought of it. I mean, yeah. that was, they danced around the answer, but the yes. you know, reality was that uh, no one's building purpose-built rental property. So the only available option that was talked about was build more condos. Yes. Well, with condos now under rent control up until a couple of weeks ago, and who knows if that won't be rescinded with the next political party, so developers are, you know, kind of gun-shy about that. Yes. The Liberal government says we're putting all properties under rent control, and then the Tory government comes in and says, no, no, we're not going to do that for any new properties, but by the time new properties get built, you can have another government in there that says, no, we're going to do it again. Yes, I know. And, and, and Tory said during the campaign that they would rescind the Liberals' removal of the uh, rent controls from the 1990 uh, builds. Remember, right. they never. Yes. They only went halfway, obviously. Right? Yes. Back. Yes. So, well, and that's a problem with Ontario is that there's four and a half million renters and there's fifty thousand landlords. Mm -hmm. So, who are the politicians going to pander to? I what did I say I, the other the last podcast, my dear? <laughs> of course it is. We'll be talking about that. But the other thing too is, if landlords would welcome people to live with them, if only the people would behave themselves. But they get away with destroying a property and not paying rent. So people are becoming more and more gun shy. I mean, I'm talking to landlords all the time. They're saying, "Hey, I'm getting out of the long-term rental business because the person owes me fourteen thousand dollars, hasn't paid rent for for eight months. I'm going to go into the short-term rentals instead." So of course we're going right. to lose that supply. Wouldn't you agree? So there there are two uh, parts to that answer. The first is that uh, tenant advocates will spout out the, tech, uh, the um, statistic that 98.5% of all tenants pay the rent. So you're really only talking about 1.5% of the tenants who don't pay. So what are the landlords screaming about? Well, <laughs> that's because they've never been a landlord, and that would take a half hour just to explain how idiotic that argument is. Yes. The other half of the uh, answer is that the Residential Tenancies Act, which governs the relationship between landlords and uh, tenants in Ontario, is brutal uh, <laughs> against landlords, and tenants would say it's brutal against tenants. Yes. But my answer to every tenant is the following. At the last count, and my last count would have been before the Rent Fairness Act came in, there are 46 breaches that uh, could possibly be uh, done by a landlord or tenant under the RTA. Mm -hmm. Out of those 46, 34 uniquely benefit the tenant, uniquely. In other yes. words, it's to the detriment of the landlord. Yes. There are another 10 that are mutually beneficial. In other words, uh, the landlord and the tenant cannot change the lock without you know, the other's permission, so to speak, mm -hmm. right? At least two. And out of the two, one uniquely benefits the landlord, which says that uh, a landlord has the right after 24 hours 
advance written notice to enter the unit whether the tenant likes it or not. Yes. So that's a unique benefit. That means one out of 46 breaches is uniquely beneficial to the landlord, which leaves one unaccounted for, and it has nothing to do with landlords, and it has nothing to do with tenants, but it's in the RTA. And that one says a landlord and tenant cannot evict or chase off a canvassing politician who's looking for votes. <laughs> that's into the RTA. It just... Just to add, that's right. It's called the uh, the solicitation law. Uh, yeah, Chris, just the one that is in favor only of landlords that uh, that a tenant can't refuse your right of entry can be challenged because we well, yes. then have to apply through the LTB to get an order to enter. Uh, well, Harry, fine. There is another option. There is another option that most landlords aren't aware of. Mm -hmm. uh, in the Ministry of Housing, there's an 18-person department called the Rental Housing Enforcement Unit. Yes. And the word enforcement actually has teeth. They can take a landlord or a tenant to court to enforce um, uh, an element of the RTA. Um, and they will respond and usually conclude any claim within 48 hours. That's very good. Yes, and landlords can use them, but they don't know about it. They no. only know about the LTB, and the LTB takes five months. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So my, I always, I always uh, encourage anybody that calls me, call the RHEU first and see if they will. The only thing they won't act on is rent collection. Okay. They'll act on any other, because rent collection is actually not in the RTA. No? No. No. It's common. It's part of contract law. It's not part of the RTA proper. It says that you have to pay the rent on the first. Uh, you have to pay by check, and you have to pay by means uh, uh, equally agreed to between uh, both uh, landlord and tenant. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's no, there's, it's silent on anything to do with if the tenant doesn't pay the rent. Interesting. So the RTU has no uh, has no enforcement authority to deal with it and they wouldn't want to anyway no that, that's a can of worms can you can you repeat that department again so all landlords know about this what is it called the rental housing enforcement unit r-h-e-u and the ltb is part of the social justice tribunal i think there's five nine. in the group there's uh, nine nine in total yeah, well, I'm talking about the social uh, portion. I, I know there's eight or nine, uh, but I think there's five in this particular group that share the same budget, you know, the same funds. Okay. Uh, I don't know enough to answer that, but let's, whatever it is, they're part of the Department of Justice. Oh, Department of Justice. Yeah, whereas the RHEU is part of the Ministry of Housing. And I would point out that there is no staffing of that unit in Northern Ontario. Yes. Well, I've heard that too. Okay. Yeah. okay. So where would they look for the number to call up? I mean, like if somebody in St. Catholic say uh, needs to get in touch with this department, where would they find that phone number? Go on the internet. Is that posted on the LTB site, is it not? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Uh, um, the way, let me take a step back. What yes. I believe has happened is that when a landlord calls 311 or 411, 
I think it's 311 for all the government services. Okay. And they say, I'm a landlord and I have a problem. Then they give them the LTB phone number. Yes. When a tenant calls up and says, I have a problem, they give the RHEU phone number. And the reason I believe this is because RHEU's uh, um, processes about 25,000 phone calls a year. And 85% of those phone calls are from tenants. Only 15% are from landlords. So I'm trying to figure out how is it possible that all the tenants would know this when they don't even know their basic rights under the law. And I'm guessing that's because uh, they're either doing online searches mm -hmm. and all you have to do is look in Rental Housing Enforcement Unit, Ontario, and uh, the website will come up and the phone number will come up. Um, but there's gotta be some, I don't know, influence that is directing landlords in one direction and yes. Yes. tenants in another. And I think that's what it is. It's the, you know, the telephone information service. I love that. I mean, I want to share this. I mean, it, we should be shouting this from the rooftops for the landlords to go. 100% yes. they should be. Yes. I've used the RHEU effectively mm -hmm. uh, in a tenant who had uh, chain locks on their door and said, I'm not giving you the key. Mm -hmm. And I said, you don't give me the key you know, then we're going to have a problem. And she said, well, you don't have the right. So okay. rather than get into a protracted, you know, debate or yes. worse, yes. I stick the RHEU on her and they read her the riot act. And she gave, she actually decided to remove the chain rather than give me the key. Yes. And you know what? I'm, I'm reading on Facebook because I'm on all the social media sites, guys. <laughs> and I'm reading, I'm going to some landlords' um, uh, sites where they're talking about the problems they have with the tenant, not allowing them to enter after 24 hours, calling them all kinds of names. They need to know about this rental housing enforcement unit. And I really thank you, Chris, for all that information. That's fantastic. Yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> well, and, and, you. uh, You're welcome. Um, uh, John, did you want to add anything more here? No, uh, not at all. I, I just wish it was uh, it was staffed up here because uh, I, I know what Chris is referring to. We've heard of them before. The, uh, the the issue is, of course, they then have to investigate, and sometimes they have to investigate locally. So we take more than twenty four hours up here, Chris. But yeah, you're right. It it is the shortcut way uh, if you have an issue of entry. Well, they say that only ten percent actually lead to uh, prosecution. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So out of that 25,000, 2,500, you know, uh, have to take further action. They claim that they resolve most of those issues within 48 hours with a phone call and or a follow-up letter. Fantastic. So you may not be able to solve every problem in North mm -hmm. Bay or Sudbury, uh, mm -hmm. but I'm sure you could solve some. Yep, absolutely, you could. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and I just uh, checked the Social Justice Tribunals of Ontario site, and you're yeah. right, it isn't listed there. It isn't. Yeah. Interesting. No, it is not. It is not. Can so landlords me, looking for help. Can you do me a favor, John or Chris? Send me the link to that because when I post this radio show, I want to post it there for landlords. And then when I share this radio show, which I do on all my social media sites, including YouTube, I want that in there for landlords to start using. Let's start shaking things up here because the way it's going right now, it's not even fair what's going on. Yeah, no question. You're absolutely right. And that is one of the reasons why uh, why people like Chris and, and uh, myself and Ray Goulet and others yes. have banded together to work together provincially 
yes. to get some of the fairness and the balance back into this residential tenancy act and balance back into our industry. I agree. Yes. I agree. 100%. 100%. And I look forward to hearing more about the, the President's Association in the new year. But I want to thank you very much, Chris and John, for being my guests today. We had Chris Seppe from the yep. President of the Landers Association of Durham as my guests. And I also had my co host. Um, John Wilson, President of the Near North Lallers Association out of North Bay. Thank you, gentlemen, for being my guest. And I will be calling upon you next year uh, to do many more radio shows. We have so many topics to talk about. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And it's a pleasure, Maria. My pleasure. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you for inviting me. My pleasure. Take care. Bye now. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to All Things Real Estate with Maria Recruit. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to not miss another episode.